definitely continue some level of spending, but this is a time to be strategic. This is a time to really look at data, analyze, test new messages, you know, test new geographic uh, areas. I don't know. Test, test, test. That's, that's the way to go, I think. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast, where we cover top programmatic and digital news. I'm your host, Ellen Parker, your very own programmatic sensei. Thank you for joining us. And before we get into today's conversation, please do me those three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on social media. We are currently on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and very soon to be on YouTube, y'all. Yay! And finally, sign up to the newsletter on the website, programmaticdigest.com. It sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. Welcome back to the Sunset's Corner, Alexis. We're so excited to have you back. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> Last time we chatted it was back in 2019. But please give yes. us a quick update about one who you are and what you do now. Yes. So, um, as you mentioned, um, I'm Alexis. I'm a co-founder of Digital X Media, which is a subscription-based agency where companies can gain access to expert marketing resources for support with media planning, buying, operations, reporting, etc. Um, we are located in Atlanta, but we have resources across the country. I pride this on being Black on women-led. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Basically, there you go. There you go. <laughs> you said it all. So prescription-based marketing. This is this is cool. Subscription, not prescription. Subscription. What did girl. I say? Subscription, not prescription, guys. <laughs> um, we're not gonna edit that one out. We're gonna keep that one. And real, it's, it's me. It's just me. So subscription-based marketing. It's it's such an intriguing concept. I think it is so unique. We've had the pleasure of working together. I was extremely, you know, grateful for this service because while I was on maternity leave last year, you guys stepped in and basically continued running some of my campaign, provided consulting and still provide consulting to some of my campaigns, honestly. So break it down a little bit for our listeners, because I think it's a good way to introduce the topic of today. We're going to talk about consumer behavior during COVID-19, um, how that consumption has shifted, but also what, what we should know as marketers and how we should probably implement based on this conversation, right? So subscription-based marketing, what is that? It's basically you are paying for what you actually need in a resource. Mm -hmm. If you just need, instead of going through an agency and having to get retainers and commissions and your media budget, all of your media actually going to media because you have all the fine print fees coming out, you are just paying for the time and the resource. Mm -hmm. So you're, so you go on to the website, which is digitalxmedia.co, co, not com, co. <laughs> and you look if you need just a media plan. Do you just need some strategic guidance? Do you need someone to actually manage and launch? Do you just need a launch? You got the management to yourself. Yes. We have peer based plans to help you in every aspect. That's amazing because again, I think it's a really cool concept. And so a brand or an agency that's in need of the services will go to digitalxmedia.co, C-O, go to the pricing page, look for the different packages with, with the different services, sign up, and then you get in contact with them. That's easy peasy, right. really. Um, and then you get transparency in terms of where your investment is going. It's not just where your investment is going, where your time is going. Absolutely. We have one-time services, monthly services. So yeah, we're completely transparent. 
Yeah, that's that's amazing. Like I said, um, it was a great service when I was out on maternity leave and still is in my opinion. So um, great. So that is a good segue into what we're going to talk about. I know that you are co-host of the But Content is Queen. Yes, but content queen. Yes. And uh, last summer, I want to say you had an episode talking about the consumer behavior. And yes, I, the COVID consumer. The COVID consumer. So what can you tell us about one? We would love to hear a little bit about what the episode was, but also any updates from that episode. Yeah. So the episode basically touched on how consumers buying power shifted, what they actually purchased, you know, what they consider essential versus non-essential in the buying world as in workers. <laughs> um, we noticed obviously a lot of luxury items went down and a lot of um, essential goods like food, toilet paper, we all know, um, stuff like that increased. So ba- that's basically what the what the episode was about, where were we seeing these marketing dollars going, especially since a lot of agencies closed down last year. They laid a lot of people off and they closed down because the marketing money was not coming because brands did not know how to spend that money. Mm -hmm. People were, they were penny pinching, you know, they was holding on to those coins. So we were seeing a shift in where those coins were going versus what was actually being marketed. Mm, that's a very interesting. So I came across this uh, one HubSpot uh, blog and they talked about the different buying patterns for this consumer. So patterns are determined by factors such as where they live, where they work. You just mentioned a um, big pattern that shifted here is like a lot of people either got laid off or their day-to-day work experience or work life shifted to working from home full-time. Um, right. We talked about some of those people getting laid off. So how much money they're making now and how much money they were making before if they enjoyed what they preferred. So it was a really cool article because it basically explained what to look at when it comes to analyzing your consumer behavior. So I've mentioned some of those patterns. So these type of purchases fall into like four consumer behavior categories. So routine purchase, Weekly grocery shopping. Are you going? Are you still going in stores? Or are you using um, Amazon Fresh? You know, all of those subscription based cards, um, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, yep, Instacart basically. Limited decision making purchases. Are are you more likely to go and uh, is your consumer or your potential customer more likely to come to you because you have a unique type of services or it was word of mouth, like a new salon recommended by your friend. Um, the third thing they mentioned is extensive decision-making purchases, like a new car, new house, I guess the heavier ticket items, and then the impulse buyer, which I would love to hear uh, your feedback on. So um, a pack of bum at the register, you know, there's a reason why you go to the store for milk and bread. But the milk and bread are always in the back. Why is that? It's strategic because the grocery. I'm 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 an impulse buyer. (laughs) I am one of them too. I'm one of them too. And now they made it even easier because now it's at your fingertip. You know, Amazon is, it's bad. But but what's your take on just the whole purchase consumer behavior? Yes. So I personally, Mm -hmm. when it comes to groceries and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. I use Instacart. I've become obsessed with not going into the grocery store. And it, in the pet before pre-COVID, it wasn't really like that. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can say we saw that shot up, but also just the purchasing behavior online period. Mm-hmm. Since there was no 
really brick and mortar to go into. I've actually seen a lot of spikes in mobile. People are starting to use their mobile phone more to purchase right. versus just their versus just their desktop. What they're purchasing has shifted because if we're talking about this groceries and we're talking about luxury items, mm-hmm. guess what else shot up last year? Pajamas, loungewear, you know, sneakers, stuff like that, where people are now like, okay, now I need to be comfortable at home. I don't need this these work outfits anymore. So retail took a hit, but some retail that was that was at, that's actually offering work from home loungewear saw a good increase. I contracted for a pajama company, mm-hmm. and their sales was just going up, mm-hmm. <laughs> going up. That's super <laughs> interesting that you said that because I I did come across the eMarketer uh, graph, even though this was from March 2020. I would love to. I'll probably look up for most recent one, but on this particular graph, it was U.S. adults change in average monthly spending um, due to the coronavirus pandemic by category. So again, this was done in March 2020. So it says increase in spending are things that at home fitness, medicine and medical supplies, at home entertainment, groceries, pet supplies, uh, grocery, perishable and dry goods. I guess they're separate and healthcare services. Um, Some of them, you can see at least a 5% increase on all of them, like 35 to 40, 15 to 20. Now the categories that are decreased in spending are beauty, households, some household durables. It says taxis. I'm assuming, uh, I guess it makes sense. Transportation. Yeah, yeah I, I would call like it share. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Takeout delivery, which again, this was in March. So I think that number is pretty much increased. I know in our family, it definitely increased. Apparel, entertainment, consumer electronics, dining out, obviously dining out, fitness outside of the home makes sense. Um, so yeah, so we, we are seeing a shift. So how can we utilize this data into our marketing planning and strategies for our client? How is like DXM, digitalxmedia.co? is using that data to help their clients one plan better or more efficiently. And how is that has affected? You have any case study you want to share with us? Yeah. So we actually now look at more recent trends just as mar- you know, marketing as a whole. We've noticed digital increasing versus traditional, you know, versus connected television because people are now watching more TV at home versus going to, you know, movie theaters and stuff. Um, Nothing has really changed. It changed last year because COVID switched up. But this year, we are able to really start following the benchmarks versus 2019, I will say, because the thick of the pandemic in people's head, because we're still in pandemic people, (laughs) is no longer an issue. Y'all in Atlanta has never been a pandemic. Y'all stay in this whole time. So don't say us people, we America, we're you, in pandemic <laughs> at home. Atlanta was just living their Atlanta, best life. I, I would say, yes, Atlanta canceled COVID pretty early on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm talking about overall, okay? Fine, <laughs> Not to all right. single I'm, I'm us out. <laughs> but overall, we also have to remember that a lot of these benchmarks that we see where, you know, with traffic and with cost curves and stuff, these are benchmarks that are held by big companies. So DXM, just for some context, we deal with small to medium companies. So when we give strategic direction, we only use those benchmarks that we see with trends directionally because we have to, they have to understand that, okay, Dr. Thunder, you cannot compare yourself to Dr. Pepper. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yes, y'all are both soda. <laughs> but but let me tell you why. And actually, Dr. Thunder, you may do a little bit better because your cost is lower. And right now, that's what people are looking at. Now people are paying attention to prices because they don't know when their next paycheck is coming. For us being in 2020, one. <laughs> yeah, let's leave we have, in the back. We have, for a lot of clients, we have tested just spend the first month to see exactly what your thresholds are for your brand. Because you, you can't base it off of 2020. And you can't base it that much off. You're, you're more than likely based off 2019, but you really can't because people's incomes are different now. That's true. Mm-hmm. So like you said, throw 2020 away, spend, test your spend. If you want to have a cap, we'll see how much it goes up to that cap. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go from there where we need to take away, add more and stuff like that. But we really can't give you a direct, this is what we're, you know, you're going to get like how we used to because yeah. purchasing has shifted. Marketing has shifted. Mm-hmm. What people are focused on has shifted. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, I think that's the best advice we can we can give to anyone or to ourselves. It's just test, continue testing. Um, again, you you will hear me say that so many times on this podcast. But it is not a set and forget it. You know, you have to right. stay on top of your media. You have to stay on top of your strategy. And um, I think it's almost a great time or a better time than before. I would say to some extent. Um, bear with me. I think it's a more the time that we're going to spend now testing media channels, spend for those channels, um, message within those channels. The data that we're going to come back is going to set us up almost for like the next at least couple years because we had COVID-19. Well, we still have COVID-19, but we were in a pandemic. Everybody was at home. Consumer shifted drastically. Boom. We knew that. Um, in the next year and a half, Google, which is announcing here and there how they're going to replace or give another solution for cookie deprecation, that's also going to affect our industry to some ways. But it just says a lot about how great adapters we are. Mm-hmm. Um, some of us, I know I am, I know the XM is for sure. But I just think that this is the time to do those type of strategic spending, even if that spend is not where it used to be. Um I was on a Google webinar, I think it was a few months ago, and they gave the example about how, um, what was it, 1-800, I should get better at remembering brand's name, but it was the brand where you, um, if you don't want to go to the dentist, you just order them and they send you the kit and then you try it at home and then they send you the... The Invisalign stuff? I think it was Invisalign. No, Invisalign is only, it was Invisalign and another another brand. Oh, the Smile? That's yeah, smile. 100 smile, something like that. So right. it was two of the brands. Uh, don't quote me on the brand's name exactly, guys, but it was two of the brands. One of them was only, um, you can only get it via provider. So you have to get to the dentist. I think that's Invisalign. And then the other one, you can just, you know, a subscription. You just order it, they send it to your home. A few weeks later, you have it. And then every so many months, you get tested. Um, so the brand that was more direct to consumer decided to reduce spend versus the one that needed to be provided by a dentist. But the results were the fact that because Invisalign, and again, don't quote me exactly on that one, but the, the brand that was able to be provided by a dentist had a higher reach, incremental reach. That means basically every month they saw a difference in awareness, which translated in some engagement. Even if the provider, uh, the dentist could not provide that service right away or buy the product, 
they definitely saw that increase in sales after a few months once the state started reopening. So definitely continue some level of spending, but this is a time to be strategic. This is a time to really look at data, analyze, um, test new messages, you know, test new geographic areas. Um, I don't know. Test, test, test. That's that's the way to go, I think. So do you have any prediction for this year of 2021 before we move to the next segment? So what I mean by prediction is that um, do you think we'll ever go back to traveling? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, how do you think that the the consumer behavior will continue to evolve in 2021? I think that we will start using a lot of on-demand services. I think not only people got used to having things just shipped to their home without having to go outside and deal unless they really have to, but it, you know, it's just more convenient. So I do think we're going to see um, a shift with more dollars going into more on-demand services. Um, we will s- start to see a lot of more niche products coming out as well, because I don't know if you noticed last year, Everybody and their mama was buying stuff from social media ads, stuff we didn't need. <laughs> I think I, I think I bought a gold cat just put in the corner of my living room. <laughs> a lot of niche products, a lot of people starting their own stuff. So we're going to see money going more into social media mm-hmm. because now we're looking at just things that I didn't get a chance to buy before. Mm-hmm. I'm get now. A FOMO. Right. They're experiencing more FOMOs. Um, well, yeah, that aligns with what a few episodes ago, we had Gabriel Cohen from Spotix on the on the podcast, and he talked about streaming uh, videos and how streaming videos has, um, you know, changed because now everybody's streaming. Either you're streaming on your phone, you're streaming on your computer, you're streaming on TV. And so um, eMarketers is predicting that we're going to continue seeing an increase of subscription, and eventually people will average like five to seven subscription in their household. So how many are you subscribing? <laughs> Look at you counting <laughs> that you're not paying for. Not that like me, who's mooching off of something that I'm paying for mm-hmm. would be Disney plus. Yeah. My HBO max. I get from my internet provider for free. That's what they did for a year. That's the same AT&T. Yep. Um, my Netflix, I get from my mom, my Amazon, I get from my mom. So I have about five streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was, I did have Peacock premium for a little while. And then my show Yellowstone, it was done with the seasons. So I, I canceled that. I was going <laughs> to ask, what is on Peacock? What is, I mean, I looked into it, but I don't know if there's any, the content there. I don't think it's, it's of my Yellowstone for me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's because Kevin Costner is my dude. And also they're doing um, the final best man limited series. That's going to come on Peacock. Gotcha. 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 Okay. So um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll do the premium again, premium again, just, you know, just for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, absolutely. And the more movies that, that used to be in theaters that are now mm-hmm. on streaming platforms. Yeah. HBO Max uh, did um, Wonder Woman. Absolutely. People are going to, um, you know, subscribe when they can stay home with their own popcorn and gummy bears versus mm-hmm. going to the movie theater. Yeah. Um, yes. Coming to America Part 2 comes out tomorrow on Amazon Prime. Oh, is it Amazon Prime or HBO Max? A- Amazon Prime. Oh, that's good. I have that. Yeah, we have about maybe four. So after a few years of mooching off my sister's Netflix, she said, well, you, you're watching it more than me. So you're going to start paying for this or I cancel. So I picked up <laughs> same thing with Amazon Prime now. I was just watching it more and using it more than her and the kids. So right, Amazon Prime, right. YouTube TV and Hulu. 
And then Disney Plus says uh, a family member that's uh, one of my cousins that's paying for it, but he can add um, up to four. So that's how I'm getting Disney Plus content. But um, but what I do think is going to happen, mm-hmm. these which they've already started doing, they're going to start increasing these prices. And um, the same, they did this with Hulu. Hulu's mm-hmm. been increasing like twice a year. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, um, but the more they increase, the more people are going to just go back to cable. You think so? I don't think I don't think cable is coming back. I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I think we still have a lot of um, which, which is why I think um, it's going to come back because it's going to that bundle package is going to start to become more and more tempting versus having to pay for 18 different streaming platforms. Oh, I, I can get my Internet. I can still get HBO. You want to get HBO for free for six months? OK, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't know. This, this, I, because I, Hulu alone, Hulu alone is $65 a month now alone five dollars a month mm. hulu that's one add in amazon netflix disney plus yeah you're adding it up yeah to up to 100 yeah 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 yeah. i see your point i see your point but i don't know i'm gonna say you know we only have five and i want to try discovery plus because of uh, i'm a big fan of hgtv and then there's a few uh show i want to catch on there i know the grand Cardone show is on there too so uh like undercover what is it entrepreneur or something like that so that's another streaming services that we're considering but i can see myself doing that with every streaming services if i'm interested in the content i'm willing to pay if the content is there but i barely watch it so i don't want to go back to cable yeah that's like once a month type of thing binge like when i'm really exhausted and my brain is like close your computer deconnect Right. Like you said, the content has to, has to be there. Yeah, the content has to be you there. Ha- it has to warrant me paying that much. And it has to be exclusive because if I can get it on cable, mm-hmm. guess where I'm going? I'm going to my mama's house because she's still got cable. So I think she has three <laughs> platforms in cable. Mama, I'm like, oh, you just, and she's also retired. So she's like, I want the world in here. I want to get everything. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll continue this conversation for next time because uh, I'm curious to know what and anyone listening is thinking about it. Do you think cable is going to come back because all these streets, 75, what did Beyonce say? 511 streaming services are going to increase their prices or not. So let's let's get into the next segment where we reclose. But before we close, um wanted to know what are three things you can share with us and the listeners that you do on a day-to-day. I know that we're we're stuck in our home, at least the rest of the United States, I think. Um, maybe not California and Atlanta, but um, the rest of us were like in a pandemic thing at home. So what do you do every day to just stay connected to yourself or to stay mindful and to make sure you're taking care not only of your physical health, but also your mental health? Yeah, um, easy. I've started exercising. Nice. I meditate a lot and I try new things when it comes to like cooking. Okay. So cooking, uh, different things and um, meditation and I exercise. Exercise is a big thing with me now. It used to not be Mm -hmm. at all. (laughs) Now I exercise um, a good four times a week at least. Four times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I go to a trainer and I do it on my own. That's what's up. That's what's up. We have to, we have to take care of our body and our mind, especially the mind. Uh, and I'm always intrigued to know um, what is everybody else doing? Because I'm big on exercises as well. Um, but now every time it's above 55 degrees outside, um, we go for a walk. At least we just bundle everybody up except Zeus. He's good. <laughs> and then we try to walk. Um, and unfortunately, I even dragged the whole family out when it's in the 40s because I'm like, no, I need you guys to get some of this vitamin D from the sun because we're in a house, you know, it's we're in a house. So um, I had one last question. What's one fun fact you want to share before we, we part ways? What about yourself? One fun fact about myself. 
Mm. I feel a goodness, girl. This is stuff you 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 say in, in when you start a new job. Give me one fun fact. <laughs> We're interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> one fun fact. Fun fact. Oh goodness. You know, I I can help you with that. I am really busy with a lot of different projects. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything fun about me right now. Well, I can help you with that. I saw on your Instagram that you are a collector of art. Black art. Black, Black artists. Art. Yes. So yes. tell us more about that. Which one is it? Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. So um, <laughs> I actually got into that through my mother. My mother started Black art when we lived in New York. And she actually started really getting into art because my sister um, used to draw. And we say used to because she's no longer, even though she knows how, she just doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> um, so my mother started getting into collecting Black art, which I would always just stare at in the house. Mm-hmm. And I would tell her, make sure this is in the will for me, not Ariane, my sister, <laughs> but for me. <laughs> and when she would go purchase stuff, mm-hmm. I started to go with her. And I would just be amazed at, you know, what I would see in these art stores and the history behind them. Because one store that I go to out here in Atlanta is called Collectibles. I will shout them out. Yep. It's not that they're just selling the art. Mm -hmm. They know the history behind it. They have relationships with these artists, which is why I knew so much about the Ernie Barnes estate with the Marvin Gaye estate, you know, which is why I knew about Thomas Blackshear and his story and stuff and stuff like that. And it was just... It just amazes me. And I love the fact that I was able to pull up a picture that was in my mother's house. And I was like, this right here. He said, oh, that's, oh, that's by Leroy, Leroy Campbell. And I was like, oh, you, you know your stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's not just him, you know, trying to sell art. He is, that is his life. He is engulfed in the history of black art. And I love it. That's amazing. Well, please do share with us all of their Instagram, how to get a hold of them. And um, before before we end, how can, if somebody is interested in finding out more information about digitalxmedia.co.co or into uh, finding out more information about the podcast, how can they reach you? Yeah. So for Digital X Media, just email media at digitalxmedia.co or you can just visit the website in context contact us through there is digitalxmedia.co <laughs> um the podcast you can find us on any platform um and also instagram it's but content is queen period amazing not the well, period thank the you. period isn't in the podcast which is why you know but content is queen <laughs> and the podcast is live right now so i encourage everyone yes. to check it out again it's, it's a lot of cool stuff that they're discussing um my favorite one was traditional versus uh digital so i had a lot to say about that yeah. The new marketing versus. Yes. Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah, yeah, that one. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for visiting. Thank you so much for stopping by. We are super excited for what the future holds for you guys. You have our support, our love. Thank you so much for and having me. Please come back. We'll have you back soon. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining the conversation and we hope you enjoyed it. Please do us three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on all social media. Sign up to our newsletter on the website, programmaticdigest.com, which sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. For any articles, topics, and the guest information, you can find it in the show notes on our website, programmaticdigest.com. Thank you and stay curious, my friend.